You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators, and this is The Food Code. Happy Wednesday, friends. Hello, everyone. <laughs> everyone out there needs to know that Liz and Becca, some weeks, just have to keep our shit together. <laughs> and <laughs> this week is not one of those weeks that we've done a really great job. No, I've had multiple emotional meltdowns. Like, I'm just, I'm at the point where I'm so on edge all the time. And it's, and like, I love my children. And I don't want to make it seem like I don't want to be around my kids. But when Nick's been sick, I'm trying to work trying to watch the kids all day, trying to get ready for Christmas, trying to have some self-care time. Like that's why I work out at five in the morning right now. It's the only time I get to myself. Like it's, I, it's necessary. Um, but yeah, my brain is not functioning at a high level. So when I went and got the COVID test yesterday, the reason that I had to go get another one today is because it was like a five minute rapid place and they give you a PCR and a rapid one. And they give you this sheet and you have to like scan a QR code, fill out everything. And then you have to get the confirmation code once you fill everything out on your phone and then write the confirmation code and fill out the form. I did not realize any of this. And so I didn't fill out anything. And I don't know what I was thinking, but I also had both kids with me. And so I was just like frantically trying to get out of there. So I basically did the COVID test for nothing because like they had no way of telling me what my results were. <laughs> so, and Nick last night was like, you haven't gotten the results yet back. And I was like, no, I don't really understand. He's like, did you write the confirmation code down? And I was like, I didn't, I know. I don't, I don't know. And unfortunately when I'm on edge, anything that Nick says that like something I did wrong bothers me. And so I couldn't even have the, I was like, I just, I didn't do it right. Okay. I'm gonna have to go back tomorrow. I'm gonna have to do it again tomorrow. I just like, I didn't do it right. I don't want to talk about it <laughs> for my poor husband. You know what, though? I feel like things have changed so much and it depends upon where you go. Things have changed, right? Like I know I've had rapid and I've had PCR done before and they give you a sheet of paper, you sign it and you're off. I mean, you take the test or whatever and then you're mm -hmm. just off, right? And they give you like an email to log into a portal later. But anyways, um, I'm on Theraflu right now. So just if uh, my, my my brain isn't functioning optimally <laughs> for this podcast, it's one of the <laughs> allergy drugs or the Theraflu. <laughs> <laughs> I Which was drugged up. I was telling Becca before we started this, I took um, Allegra last night because my face was just itching nonstop. And I've had some sinus drainage and therefore Afrin. Out. You took Afrin. Afrin. Yeah. That's the stuff that I've been spraying in my nose. And it's so powerful. Like it clears it up. Awesome. Right? Like, thank you for doing that, Afrin. But... Then I had to take Allegra because my face was just itching for like two and a half hours. We were watching TV and I just kept rubbing my eyes and he goes, you look like a raccoon. I was like, because I keep itching my eyes. Because, <laughs> Anyways, so we're highly medicated right highly now. Highly medicated. And we're talking about metabolism and hormones. What a better way. This is going to be fun. I know. So fun. All right. So we are going to talk today around how your hormone problem is a metabolism problem. And most problems are metabolism problems. So before we dive into that, we kind of have to talk about like, what is the metabolism? And we've done podcasts on this before. So if you listen to us for a while, we've probably done some variation of this, but a lot of people think of metabolism as like how many calories you burn in a day. 
how it helps us lose weight, essentially. Like that's how people view it. And although that isn't wrong, it misses a lot of what metabolism is. So for the purpose of today's episode, we really need to explain it a bit further. And hopefully we like won't get too lost or won't get you guys too lost in the weeds because this can get very sciencey. So we're going to do a little bit of the science first, and then we're going to bring it back to real life. <laughs> yes. I love it. So the metabolism is a process that occurs at a cellular level. We've been talking about cellular level things a lot this week because we talked about blood sugar on Monday, um, mm-hmm. but it can be broken down into two forms. Okay. And you've probably heard us talk about this in other episodes when we've talked about the importance of protein and staying in an anabolic state. So there's two things here that we look at when it comes to metabolism. Okay. First is anabolism, which is considered a constructive metabolism, meaning that it works to build things up, right? Complex molecules to be exact. So we want to build the body up. And the way that I remember this, if you guys like little ways to remember things, I remember this as ab. Anabolism is building me up. Okay. And then there's catabolism, which is destructive metabolism. Okay. And this means that we're breaking things down, right? So we're breaking complex molecules down for fuel. So in this case, it's food that we've eaten or things that we have stored, fat, muscle, nutrients that are coming in that you're consuming. Okay. So both of these processes are also regulated by our hormones. Okay. So adrenaline, estrogen, testosterone, and insulin all play a huge role in both of these forms of our metabolism. Yep. So bringing it back to real life, not in science life. Catabolism is used during digestion. You want to know how I remember catabolism? It's really messed up. I think of cannibalism and cannibalism is when people eat things and kill things because they're crazy. So that's how I remember cannibalism because <laughs> it very closely resembles the word cannibalism. <laughs> so catabolism is used during digestion. It is the process that allows your body to break down the food and basically drinks that you consume, and it turns them into usable nutrients. And if you don't consume enough calories, then the body will use itself for fuel, fat, and muscle. Now, when it comes to the discussion around having like a fast or a slow metabolism, that's actually referring to just part of the metabolism. So the basal or resting metabolic rate to be exact. So essentially that is just your metabolism while at rest, or in other words, the amount of energy that your body must generate to stay alive and function well, breathing, heart pumping blood throughout the body, cellular repair and regeneration, like all of these very in-depth things that we don't even realize are going on your body does just naturally, like you don't have to think to breathe. Your body just does it. Um, The human body has a minimum requirement of calories that it needs in order to carry these out. For most females, that is at least 1,200 to 1,400 calories. I actually just did an in-body scan last weekend um, that is essentially like a body fat scan. I was, my basal metabolic rate was actually at 1700 calories and my muscle mass plays a very large role in this. I'm a hundred, I mean, I'm 175, 180 pounds right now and I'm 20% body fat. So like I have a lot of muscle that needs to be maintained. And so muscle requires a lot more energy than body fat does. So people that are very muscular will have a higher resting metabolic rate. And I'm obviously also not like a hundred pounds. So I need a lot of food for my body to function on itself. So the difficult part, humans are not at rest they are constantly moving. You need way more than this basal metabolic rate. The human body burns quite a bit of calories moving, walking, exercising, and your needs are in addition to that resting metabolic rate. So for many, add, you know, your Apple watches like active calorie burn on your aura ring or your watch to that base minimum of 1200 to 1400 calories. And then honestly, probably add a little bit more. 
like a couple extra hundred calories. That is where most people should be. Yep. Yeah. So for example, I look at my aura ring every day, right? I'm at 1580 in terms of just my basal metabolic rate. And then it calculates if I plug in that I did a workout. I don't use my aura ring a lot when I'm lifting just because I don't want to scratch it. Some days I do, some days I don't. But it doesn't have the tracking the way that like iWatch does, right? Where you say I'm starting my workout and, you know, things like that. I basically just tell it what I've done. I don't personally really care about those calories because they're incorrect anyways on any device, right? So anyways, throughout just me moving around the entire day, most days I'm burning in the ballpark of 26 to 2,800, a little bit less than Becca. I'm five foot four. She's five foot nine, five foot nine, five foot seven. Five foot nine. Five foot nine. Yeah. So she's five foot eight and a half, but I'll, I'll round up. Okay. So we're four inches apart because I'm five, four and a half. So, right. Like it's normal for me to not burn as much as her. I weigh less than her. I'm shorter than her. I have a different body composition than her. But if you're looking at your aura ring or you're looking at these devices and you're only looking at your active calories burned, they're like for your iWatch, for example, that doesn't account for your basal metabolic rate the way that an aura ring does. So that's one of the reasons I like the aura ring is because if I were truly eating 1100 to 1300 calories a day, like most women that come to us are, I would be in a 1500 calorie deficit most days. That's not okay, right? That is not okay. And so this is where we have to understand that a lot of the signs, the symptoms, the things that we feel like our body is fighting us with, that we can't lose weight because our metabolism is broken. Well, it's broken because we haven't given it the nourishment that it needs to function optimally, right? Because our, our you metabolism- You did that. <laughs> you did that, right? Yeah, your <laughs> metabolism has needs and you've basically deprived your body of nourishment for those needs. And so of course it's going to slow down. It's going to conserve energy Mm -hmm. as we've talked about many, many times. And so how does this relate to hormones? Well, the root of all hormonal balance is compensation within the body. Okay. So when compensation starts with the metabolism adapting in a negative fashion. So again, where does this stem from? It stems from our lifestyle choices. It stems from the food that we consume, the quality of food that we consume, the amount of food that we consume, be it a deficit, more maintenance, or a surplus, right? It, it stems from a lot of things that we are in control over, yet we choose to try to blame root cause issues on something that is not our fault. But we have to look at how we can fix these things. And again, they all tie back to the way that we fuel our metabolism. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people think about like hormonal imbalance, but what does this actually look like in terms of symptoms? This is PMS symptoms. So if you have really bad periods, if they're heavy flow, bad cramps, low back pain, all of those things I would consider as being like negative PMS symptoms that aren't, shouldn't be normal. Um, belly weight gain is a very common one for estrogen dominance, fatigue and tiredness that's not relieved by sleep. Okay. So this is a big one for especially like adrenal hormones. Um, if you are exhausted, even if you get eight to nine hours of sleep, constipation, bloating, and or diarrhea. So any type of digestive stress, acne is a very common one that is related to hormone imbalance, constantly feeling cold. What we kind of see as like low basal temperatures. So your basal temperature is the temperature you take in the, in the morning. First thing when you wake up, um, and we've talked about this a little bit here and there, but essentially if you're lower than like mid 97s, that's showing that your body is kind of suboptimally functioning. So if you think about it, a lower temperature shows your body is trying to conserve energy by slowing itself down. And so when I had major adrenal issues, my body temperature was like 96.4 when I would wake up, very low. And so you don't want low body temperatures. That means your body is trying to conserve energy and it's seen through that temperature in the morning. 
waking up a lot in the middle of the night, really common, um, loss of appetite, like just not feeling very hungry. Cravings are super common. And so what do these all start as? Like, these are the symptoms. These are what people think are the problem, but they aren't. It starts as too little energy going to your body or poor energy. I'll say that too. Poor food quality your metabolism basically not getting fully supported and slowing down in turn to try to conserve, to try to compensate, causing this adaptation to happen, causing that. So like when we do not give our body what it needs, problems get created. And especially in this sense of what we're talking about today, as the metabolism slows down, the hormonal problems increase. And it usually isn't all overnight, guys. Like this is a process that happens over time because of dieting, yo-yo dieting. Yep. So let's give the analogy. Let's paint the picture, right? You go on a diet, could be any diet that you choose. Keto could be intermittent fasting, could just be you're restricting your calories. You could have chosen to remove, you know, whole food groups, right? Maybe you you went paleo, um, whatever it is, right? And so you're intentionally and unintentionally severely under eating. And when we say unintentionally, we mean that most women have just been led to believe that they got to go to 1200 calories, right? That's kind of like the automatic place that most women go, but they don't realize because they don't have enough data or a coach helping them understand what their maintenance level is, that this is a very severe deficit for them. So you're not just under eating a little bit, like in a moderate calorie deficit of let's say 300 to 700 you know, calorie deficit here, you're in over a thousand calorie deficit. And so a lot of times when people go on these restrictive diets, we like to call them deprivation diets, sometimes they'll track intake, sometimes they won't, and then they won't even realize that they may or may not even be hitting that 1,200 calories. It could be 800 or 1,000 calories. Because again, when we change the type of food that we're consuming, right, you're not getting as many calories through fruits and vegetables as you were through highly processed things. And so your volume is a lot bigger. Let's say for an example, right, you could have ice cream, two scoops of ice cream, and it's 400 calories, but then you sit down and have a big chicken salad. That's 400 calories, it's a lot bigger, it's a lot more dense in terms of nutrients as well, and it's just more filling. And so at the end of the day, if you're really to calculate the total intake that you're consuming, you might not even be touching 1200 calories because you're just full from, you know, less calorie dense, but more um, nutrient dense and larger volume foods. And so in turn, now this deficit is even larger. And so this happens over time as well, right? Because we see, we see two things. We see the person who has deprivated, deprivation dieted for a long period of time. Like they are truly, truly adapted and they don't feel like they're hungry because they've turned off or quieted their hunger hormones. One of the girls on our uh, group call this week was actually talking about her mom told her, if you're hungry, that means you're burning fat when she was little, you know, because that's a way that, you know, we were kind of trained is if you're hungry, just don't eat and then you'll lose some weight rather than looking at the quality of the food and, you know, changing that instead of just trying to slash whole food groups or slash a bunch of calories. But the other side of this, like we see for women, especially those who have yo-yo dieted for a long time, meaning they've, you know, lost weight, then they've gained it back. They've lost weight, then they gained it back. What we see for them specifically is they may not really, really be adapted, but their body just hasn't ever had a consistent baseline to respond to and heal from because they're going from 11 to 1200 calories throughout the week. And then three other days of the week, let's say Thursday through Saturday or Friday through Sunday, they're swinging all the way up 23, 2500 calories. And the body just, again, it doesn't have that consistent baseline to know how to heal itself because it 
senses that state of famine is going to return again come Monday. The Food Code Podcast is brought to you by Fit Mom Lifestyle. If you're interested in our individualized coaching that we always talk about and how we may be able to help you like we help our clients in accomplishing optimal health and losing weight and achieving their goals, you can click the link in the show notes and you can actually schedule a free 15 to 20 minute call with either of us. We would love to talk to you. Yeah. And those weekend intakes are not high quality food. So it's not like you're getting rebounded adequate nourishment from what your body needs. You're giving it higher calories from like alcohol, processed foods, you know, greasy foods going out to eat and stuff like that. And so it ends up in this even worse environment where the extra calories that the body is getting are highly inflammatory. And then you end up very puffy and bloated and just feeling kind of awful altogether. And so the problem with these big ups and downs, people don't even realize like, you guys, nothing comes without consequence with the body. Like I was saying earlier, you don't even realize your body is working diligently, meticulously to keep you alive every day. Like we think, you know, oh, I'll just under eat or I'll eat inconsistently. Nothing's like nothing bad could happen. You know, I'll just lose weight, hopefully. Or you don't think about like, you know, we talked about blood sugar on Monday. You don't think about the fact that you just ate two cookies at 3 p.m. with nothing else with it is sending your blood sugar through the roof and then going back into a big drop afterwards. Like these things are not harmless. They are actually very harm- harmful to the body. Poor, inadequate sleep. Like I am very aware right now, especially with a newborn, like how my sleep is every night. I try, I'm getting into bed at like 9.20, 9.15 every night because I know I might be waking up in the middle of the night. I have no idea what night she's going to sleep through the night or not. Excessive a mental and emotional stressors. This is another one that a lot of people don't think about. Like that, are you addicted to stress question? Do you ever sit down and chew your food or are you always on the go? Are you always scarfing food down because you don't have the time? Are you always having to do something because you feel unproductive otherwise? Are you always on the grind because you can't handle sitting down for a freaking second? Like, do you have excessive stressors, lack of movement or too much movement? If you're sitting all day, it's not good for your body. Your body is intended to move or are you doing HIIT workouts 14 times a week because you think that's the only way that you're going to lose weight? And probably the biggest one that I think a lot of people don't realize or underestimate is lack of nourishment. You guys, it is not just about calories. Your body needs vitamins. It needs nutrients. It needs minerals. And it cannot get these things from processed foods. It is not the same, even if they're fortified, even if there's added minerals or vitamins or whatever it is. Like it is not the same as getting whole unprocessed foods as the majority of your diet. And so we need to understand that these things, when we do them, the metabolism adapts and that it impacts our hormones. Insulin insensitivity happens. We start to become insulin resistant when we are having these big highs and lows with blood sugar. Testosterone drops. Like Liz was saying, when you do these yo-yo diets, a big thing that can happen the metabolism doesn't necessarily quote unquote slow down, but your resting metabolic rate will sometimes decline because when you go through big extreme calorie deficits, you don't just lose fat, you lose muscle. And when you lose muscle, your metabolism slows down because it doesn't require as much energy to sustain fat as it does muscle. And then when you gain weight back, you gain all fat back. You don't gain muscle back because you didn't go through a massing phase where you're lifting heavy. You just decided to go eat all the food because you restricted yourself too much. And so you're losing fat and muscle. But then when you regain, you're just gaining fat back, which nets you at a higher body fat percentage. And so testosterone tends to drop because you don't have as much muscle mass. Estrogen increases and in turn, and in the same token, a lot of times progesterone will decrease, which leaves us with estrogen dominant symptoms. And now we have all the symptoms. 
and we feel awful and people think it's a hormone problem. So what do they do? (laughs) They go on HRT. Yeah, they go on HRT, they look for supplements, right? Maybe it's taking things like chastberry or adaptogens. They take all these supplements that they're trying to use as band-aids, right, to fix the problem, but yet they're not actually fixing the root cause problem. We talk about this a lot in terms of like medication, right? We've done podcasts on PPIs, we've done podcasts on um, cholesterol medication, statins, and at the end of the day, you can take medication if you want to, But I can also tell you a handful of people that we know that have taken hormones and didn't fix the root cause issue. And guess what? They might feel a little bit better symptomatically, but they're still not where they want to be in terms of their goals because it all comes back to the fact that we are not nourished. We are not managing our stress. We're not sleeping. We're not drinking enough water. We're not getting enough good lean protein, vitamins, minerals, grass-fed beef, liver, whatever it is. Instead, we're just flying by the seat of our pants, going through the drive-through here and there or ordering out because we're too busy. You know, we're not making high quality food a priority and we're not eating consistently. Our blood sugar is all over the place, right? See how this is just a whole cascade here and it's not the hormones. At the end of the day, we want to blame hormones. A lot of people want to blame hormones. You can spend hundreds of dollars a month and go on HRT. If you don't fix the root cause issue and take care of yourself and nourish your body, feed your metabolism, nothing will change. And when we talk about, you know, the anabolism and staying in that anabolic state, this is why protein is so important. Eating protein consistently and evenly spaced throughout the day helps your body stay in that anabolic state where it can build itself up and helps keep you out of this place of compensation. And so that's what we want you guys to take away from this. If you have been dieting for a long period of time and you're having all of these symptoms before you buy another supplement, before you try to go on hormone replacement therapy or take another medication, spend the time that you need to, to heal your body. And the hard part is it's going to take time and it's Mm going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of diligence. It's going to take a lot of patience, but when you can get to a place that you reverse all of these things and you feel amazing, It's beautiful because you don't have to worry about going back to that place because you have the tools, the knowledge, the education. You know better than going back to the 1,200 calorie or less place, right? You've learned that that doesn't work for me. It's not sustainable for me to feel good, to have energy, to have libido, to want to, you know, go to the gym and move my body. That's one of my favorite things when ladies start with us and they tell us like, I got up and went for a run this morning or I did a conditioning workout or I went to the gym and I lifted weights and I just, I felt the urge to move my body and it was so empowering and I lifted more than I thought that I ever could. Those are the things that we get excited about because at the end of the day, that tells us things are working when they're hungry, when their hunger hormones start to turn back on, when their PMS symptoms aren't nagging them for a week out of every month or twice a month, right? Um, Those are the things that we know. Those are the symptoms and the signs that tell us that we're reversing out of this place of being unhealthy and we're supporting our metabolism. And so I just want to say like, whatever your symptoms are, know that they're not normal. They're your check engine lights and you need to listen to them. What's the phrase that we always say? Listen to your body when it talks before it screams. Yep. Or else it'll start screaming at you. And a lot of people don't until it starts screaming and then they want to fix it right away and they want to do whatever is going to help it get cured in the next week. I'm sorry, guys, like you developed this over months, if not more likely years or decades. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to give you the things that are driving it, give you what to stop doing and what to watch out for it and the symptoms that present by it. 
And how do we fix it? Like Liz was saying, most people probably have to go through a period where they might gain weight. They have to eat more. They have to heal the body because nothing's going to happen until the body's healed. You can band-aid things a little bit here and there, but sometimes that makes things worse in the long term. It doesn't actually get to the root cause. Like the whole, you know, oh, you're cold all the time and you have, you're experiencing hair loss and constipation. It sounds like a thyroid problem. It might be a thyroid problem, but you want to know how that thyroid probably became problematic. You underfed your body and you created compensation with the metabolism. And so how do we resolve? Sure. I think thyroid medication is very necessary in a lot of situations, but doesn't mean that you can't avoid nourishing your body. You're going to still feel like crap. I know plenty of people that are on thyroid medication and still feel like crap. And so we have to understand that it, it isn't an easy fix sometimes, but it is fixable. It is totally adjustable. You just have to take the steps to do it. You have to eat consistently. You have to move your body, but don't overtrain. You have to get nutrients from your food. You might need to completely change how you eat, unfortunately. I know that's hard to hear and that's hard to do, but like if you are not eating, if you can't remember the last time that you had vegetables every day for a week, maybe we need to start eating some vegetables. If you can't remember the time that like you ate, you know, a couple different fruits in a day, maybe we need to start including more fruits and more, you know, vitamins and nutrients in our food and you have to get enough sleep. This is probably, I would say top two to three biggest drivers of dysfunction within the body is circadian rhythm issues and people that aren't getting proper sleep every night. So your hormone problem is not a hormone problem, guys. It is a metabolism problem and it is the root cause, the metabolism and compensation with the metabolism, it is essentially how our body uses and creates energy. And so when that is off kilter, everything is off kilter. Yep. And that is usually when symptoms present. Yep. And I know it's not Friday fire, but the last thing that I want to leave you guys with is a little bit of tough love because I can just hear people listening to this being like, well, I don't like fruits and vegetables. <laughs> Listen, you got a choice. Mm -hmm. You learn to like fruits and vegetables and get them into your diet and get your body nourished or you stay stuck feeling like shit with all of these symptoms because you can't heal without nutrients, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, salt your food, get grass-fed, high-quality meat, add in liver, very nutrient-dense foods to your diet. You don't have to eat grass every meal. You don't have to eat raw broccoli. You don't have to eat raw vegetables at all. I don't eat raw vegetables. I don't like raw vegetables. So Jack me up. Get Find some ways. Pinterest, right? Google. But I could just hear as you were talking through that, like people were like, I don't like fruits and vegetables. Well, they're, they're necessary. So I don't like being diseased. So I don't like being diseased a whole lot more than I don't like fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Figure out and a way to like them. to figure it out. Yep. Tough love. Okay. Let's wrap it up. Happy Wednesday. We'll be back on Friday. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.